Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, is my co-hostess, Vanessa Hogel. We have a fantastic episode coming up for you tonight. Really honored to have Jim Penniston with us from the Rendlesham Force Incident. He's retired U.S. Air Force, so actually one of my brethren. I spent six years in the Air Force, so uh, really a pleasure to have him on. He has the new book out, The Rendlesham Enigma, and this is anything and everything you ever wanted to know about the the Rendlesham Force incident. It is a massive book. I've only got a little bit through it because you know shipping right now is uh, a little bit slow, and it's just it's huge. But I highly recommend it. And Jim, uh, tell us about the about the book and and what's going on here. Well, uh, the book is only uh, you can only get on Amazon.com. Uh, well, you can get a few other places, like you can order it through Walmart or, you know, Goodreads, some places like that. But Amazon.com uh, is the best deal going. And if you got, like, Amazon Unlimited, hey, it's free. You get the Kindle. Right, right. So. Yeah, if you have Unlimited, it's a it's a free book. So um, just a real quick recap, Rendlesham Force incident. Uh, I know we really want to talk about the book and get into kind of the, the details here. Um but this was your experience in 1980 where you had an encounter with an unidentified aircraft and you were a uh, security police in the United States Air Force at the time. Um, so just real quick run through. Yeah, quickly, uh, a little bit of background for people who aren't familiar with the uh, area. You know, it was in the south uh, east England. It was about 50 miles uh, uh, north uh, east of London. Or sat right on the coast. There was twin bases, RAF Woodbridge, RAF Bentwaters, and uh, they were separated three miles geographically by uh, Rendlesham Forest. And the main operating base was RAF Bentwaters, and the uh, uh, that's where our command centers, our security control, wing control. I mean, they were all over at Bentwaters. But we also had a couple squadrons of aircraft over at uh, Woodbridge and. I was the uh, uh, security supervisor that night for the uh, restricted areas and the base. And uh, it started out as usual. Uh, uh, I mean, boring, uh, routine, mundane, all those things. Uh, I took my guys. I had my security alert team post them at their posts. Uh, I started doing my uh, lighting check, which a perimeter lighting check, well, that's boring. You know, if we're going into a burnout light bulb, and you go, okay, L number seven, burn out. And you know, then you call that in. And right. You do a heart, you know, you do aircraft plots, thing like, things like that, just normal. Sure. Any, anyway, uh, I uh, had finished all that stuff. It's about midnight. And I went over to Chow Hall to get some midnight chow. And I get a call from security control, the, the landline. And he says, uh, you know, I'm supposed to go to Eastgate. There's a situation out there. And I said, okay. I said, what's going on? And they wouldn't tell me, which is just like completely crazy because uh, they always tell you. Right. <laughs> they, they said, no, the patrolman will brief you when you get there. And I just said, you know, keep the chatter off the radio. And I said, okay. And I said, I said run code two. I said, I'm going to go code two, which is lights on. Mm-hmm. I said, but you're not going to tell me? He says, believe me, you're not, you're not going to get shot at or something. Okay, that's what they told me. So, okay, so it takes about five minutes to get there uh, with code 2, 40, 45 miles an hour. I arrive there, and uh, there is the senior patrolman, Bud Steffens, staff sergeant, uh, and uh, uh, Aaron Burles, who was uh, uh, riding with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, what's going on? But I think we lost him here for a second. And we lost so what him. So what's this, Jim? Up just a little bit. I said, "What's going on?" I'm trying to. How about now? We got you. It's a little better. Yeah, the internet has been just is. flaky I, all day, everywhere. So, from I what I've heard, have high speed internet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't know. It, I don't know. Uh, I'm okay right now. Yep, we're good. As long as you can hear me. Uh, and so I said, what's going on? And, and, and Bud just pointed to the, you know, uh, off base about 150, 200 yards in the Reynoldson Forest. And you could see, um, you know, lights uh, emulating out of the woods. And there was a dome of light over the top of it. Uh, in, in this area of Suffolk, uh, England, 
I mean, it's out in the country. It's dark. Okay. So all that stuff stood out. And I says, uh, and I seen the multiple color lights inside the forest, uh, from that distance. And I says, uh, I said, did you, uh, did you hear a crash? Cause it sort of looked like an aircraft crash. And he says, oh, he says, no, he says, uh, it didn't crash. He says, that landed. I said, that's impossible. It's impossible because the trees are only like right. six feet apart. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty compact I mean, in there. Yeah, and, you know, the pines that are probably 100, you know, between 75 and 100 feet tall, they're pretty mm -hmm. tall. Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating that a little bit. Maybe they're 75 feet, I don't know. <laughs> and so I went over to the east gate, which had a direct line to the law enforcement desk. I told, uh, picked it up, told them to patch me through the central security control. Because once I arrived there, it was no longer a law enforcement uh issue mm -hmm. or protocols you know, it was security okay and so i assumed i assumed operational command and control and uh, when i when i picked up when i called central security control uh just to give you a, a fast overlay you get like five people on the line at the same time it's all instantaneous gotcha uh you have the you have yeah you have the controller you have the comp plotter you have the shift commander you have the flight chief you have, just everybody's there and i says yeah well it looks like uh a possible aircraft crash i says out in the reynolds from forest and and, it's, and so everybody's doing their stuff i mean sergeant coffee the controller he, he's getting a hold of uh, london radar eastern radar bentwaters radar trying to see if there was any object you know flying right and he comes back and just seconds later and he says yeah you have confirmation of lost bogey 15 minutes ago a uh, it was uh, a signature on radar that was lost over Woodridge base. So now we have confirmation of a downed aircraft because I got the visual, he's got the radar, uh, losing it. And, uh, the ship commander, I got a hold of the base commander, Colonel Conrad, uh, through the wing command post and got us permission to, uh, go off base. I'll tell you right now, to that point in time, I've probably been to, I don't know, 20, 22, 23 aircraft crashes. Sure. Uh, probably five or six that were A-10s. Oh, well. Uh, there, there's no survivors. Okay? Right, there's, right. There's just there's not much there. And uh, usually they dig about 25 feet in the ground. I don't want to get into it too grisly. No, nah, that's fine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so uh, there's no need to take weapons off base. Uh, what I was going to do is I took the crash kit. The crash kit we carried right in the Jeep in the CJ-5. Mm -hmm. We had in the back. Um, I took the plotting board out, which I was going to go ahead and plot the enter control point, the emergency one. That's where we set up at a, co a convenient place for all the first responders, the fire department, uh, uh, medical, uh, mortuary, wherever. And I was going to, I had that, uh, sort of figured out where I was going to put it. And I deployed off base with, uh, the security airman who it was his first or second night poor guy right. and uh that the uh, uh the law enforcement airman and uh so we went through and i'll tell you what at that time we had cuttings the cuttings they what the british do is they they grow the forest like crops they get hmm. them to a certain height and they cut them and they replant them and they cut them oh like, interesting so this is hmm. yeah so this is all this is the queen's forest it's all uh uh berms earthen berms Okay. Because it's already been cut. So, I, you know, I get, you know, probably 150 yards down the road from the East Gate. My Jeep, I can't go any farther. I think I'm going to tip it over. Uh, so I figured this is a good spot for the entry control point. So I set up my security airman, Airman Kabadzak. And um, he's, he's the only other guy who had a radio anyway. Mm -hmm. And I says, okay, uh, we were having radio transmissions. I told him, I says, Help me, uh, you know, relay information, you know, to Eastgate. By that time, Sergeant Chandler, the flight sergeant from uh, Bentwaters, had arrived there, took my place. And uh, and I said, just relay the stuff to Sergeant Chandler, and he'll get it to CSC Central Security Control. And they train those guys really good down at uh, Lackland because uh, Aaron <laughs> Kabanzak says, no problem. <laughs> it's yep. like his second night. <laughs> He's got it, man. He was ready to go. And, but he's, he's looking at the same stuff we're looking at. He's looking over in that woods and he's seeing, seeing multiple color lights yeah. just flashing around. And it's like, 
I really know that's not an aircraft crash. That's that's what I wish it was. That was the reason to deploy off base. Um, like I said, the radio uh, I was having difficulties. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was having radio difficulties, and, and you know that's impossible. By the way, we had repeating systems. You said you're in the Air Force. I don't yeah. know what you did, but what, what was, I was, your I was computers. I was uh, three Charlie Oscar. Okay, okay. Yep. They had uh, they had the really uh, they had the repeater systems all over the base. Oh, yeah. There's no way you could have a dead spot. Okay, it just just then we had you know Motorola's, and uh, it's ancient now. You look back at the back in the 80s, the technology was ancient. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't have computers, you know. Yeah. Um, so as but we it approached, worked. yeah, it worked. It worked. Uh, it kept us safe. It, uh, you know, won the Cold War, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> you can outspend anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as we approached the uh, uh, forest. Um, uh, I started getting to a tree line, and then we st- I started feeling things like um, static electricity. Mm-hmm. Okay, on my face and skin, hair, clothes. That was odd. I mean, it wasn't adrenaline. I, I mean, I'm pretty used. To, I'm pretty used to these crash scenes, so it's it's not adrenaline. Right. Um, but it was continuous. Uh, then I uh, started in the forest. I got. Burroughs was about 20 feet to my right. I got Cabanzac sitting about 50 feet to my left rear. Uh, and I'm not hearing anybody on the radio. So mm-hmm. in hopes that I'm doing the right, they can hear me, which is a good probability. I keep doing my security checks. Sure. I keep, I keep letting them know what I'm doing. And uh, I got maybe three or four feet inside the, the, the forest and um, I terminate the downed aircraft uh, security response option because it wasn't a downed aircraft. Right. There just was no burning. There was no fuel. There was no debris. I mean, it, it, I terminated it. And so I initiated a helping hand situation, which is a, uh, a security uh, up-channel report uh, of a possible hostile threat to priority A, B, or C resources at the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we had there. And uh, Sergeant Coffey took the helping hand, and he up-channeled it to Wing Command Post. Uh, he tells me this stuff later. Okay, I, I find all this stuff afterwards. Okay. Um, so I started to proceed in, in farther, and there's a big flash of light. I mean, it was like, just boom. No sound, though. So it was just reaction. I just, you know, I hit the ground, and then I, and I see that you know Burl's over there it was uh, and went down too, and we got up. You know, I started brushing myself off, and he's just standing there motionless. And I said, "What the hell's that?" And I said, "What's wrong? What's wrong with him?" And as I entered, because uh, I got this situation in front of me, right. and I'm on I'm unarmed too, by the way. So I get there a little bit. Uh, farther and there's a berm and I start to go over this berm and this, there's just a bright light that's going on there and this bright light starts to uh, dissipate. As I walk toward it, I'm having problems uh, physically uh, getting there. Uh, if, like uh, my movements felt labored. Okay. Uh, so like you're kind of you like would, trudging along to get in there? Well, it'd be uh, the comparison to it would be like uh, being in a pool of water, oh, okay, uh, waist high, and you're trying to walk to the other side of the water mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to, in a pool. Yeah, it's you're 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 labored. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the closer I got to the top of the berm, the less labored I got, uh, and there was complete silence. So, as I come over there, I still see this this big, huge white, dull. Uh, light is coming, just sitting there in, in, in between the trees. Okay. And uh, then I, uh, it starts to dissipate. You know, so I'm so, uh, you know, and I had been taking mm-hmm. pictures up to the point where I got to the bottom of the berm. Turned out it wouldn't have made no difference anyway if I still had film or not. None of it turned out. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and uh, it started dissipating down, and I started seeing a structured craft, a triangular craft, and then I could start seeing uh, like multiple lights running through the skin of the craft, the fabric of the craft. Um, I was uh, I was pretty dismayed, and finally the the white light dissipated altogether. There was some still coming out of the bottom of it, uh, and then these lights that were once active running through this fabric, and they're multiple colors, uh, globular in shape. Mm-hmm. They they just dissipated too, and then all was left is a black, opaque craft. And what's interesting is, and you just said the word there, fabric, and I noticed that in within the book, you use the word fabric a lot. Is that really what it looked and, and felt like? Was like some sort of fabric? No, it felt like metal. It felt like metal, okay. <laughs> fabric <laughs> is just the stuff that goes on the outside of something, you know? Maybe it's maybe it's an Air Force term. I don't know. Uh, anyway, maybe just okay. Like, okay, <laughs> I got you. I got you now. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and uh, the skin of the craft, anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, so I'm out of film. I'm uh, the only thing I can do because I don't know if it's a threat or not yet. Uh, I believe it is because I'm scared to death. Yeah. Uh, I'm calling in my security checks, and I. Uh, Pull, pull out my notebook and I said, well, I'm going to get as much information as I can. I look over and I got Burroughs over to the right. He's motionless. I still, he's a casualty. He's not moving. He's in the app. I look back to Caban's back. He's not moving. Nobody's moving except me. Except you. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm going to write down as much information as I can get because I don't think I'm going to survive it. And, uh, then it will leave something for the you know the command structure of the base to work with. And right. That's well, what else are you going to do in that situation? And uh, so I started to do things. I didn't have nothing to measure it with. So uh, uh, I used what I had. I pasted it off. My stride's pretty good. I'm six foot two. So, uh, you know, three, three of my strides, that's about nine feet. That's how long it was. Mm-hmm. It was like that on all sides. Uh, it was about six and a half to seven feet high, even though it was sitting above the forest. Uh, and so that's that's really, that's really interesting, actually, the way you describe that. This thing is sitting there in the middle of the forest, and you're actually pacing it off. Right. Well, I mean, the first pacing of it, I'm going, how in the hell is this thing? What's it sitting on? <laughs> Right. It's not sitting on the on the floor of the, the forest. And I look, you know, so I look underneath it, and all I see is light coming out of the bottom, this white light. But I could see indentions in the ground. Okay. So, okay, more stuff I cannot understand. Uh, prior to this, by the way, i just let you know I had a, I was at, at Offutt Air Force Base. I was at SAC Elite Guard. Uh, I did security for 36 generals at Omaha and yeah. And I was always at classified briefings, prototype research and development. We had everything I could possibly seen programmed for 50 years. What it was sitting there wasn't it. Okay. It didn't match any of that. Uh, Um, Quick question, Jim, before you go on, just because of something you just said, you said you pasted off mm -hmm. your six foot two, your strides are approximately three feet so three strides nine feet all sides so would it have been considered a square is that correct it's a triangle triangle. and in those particular forests the trees are planted approximately six feet apart yeah but there's there's a clearing there was a clearing where we're so i left that out that's so important yeah there's a (laughs) thanks good question good question yeah there's a clearing there so there was an area about 15 feet okay that's that's so when it's, but still, uh-huh. how did it get there? But that's my question is because when you first yeah. started talking about the story and it's automatically assumed a craft had crashed, yet there didn't appear to be any type of indication of explosion or anything of that nature. I have an ex-husband who's in the Air Force, so I, I know everything you're talking about. Okay, um, good. So that is, it's very interesting to me having been in the forest in England myself and of the wildlife and everything that's there. And I'm very familiar with it. It, to me, it seems that whatever it was, which we haven't gotten to yet, appeared to have scoped this out prior to and was able to land appropriately. 
because clearings like that are few and far between. I don't know. Yeah, I know. There, there, there was or I tell you what, uh, I've been out there since, and you know, those clearings are probably on the whole Rendlesham area there. I would say there's probably only four clearings like that, maybe, if that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's just not many clearings. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of things I couldn't, I wasn't understanding with this craft. <laughs> and, uh, but I was feeling better since uh, it wasn't, it looked inert at that point in time. It was letting me look at it and look underneath. I mean, uh, but uh, they, I started looking, you know, taking, uh, looking for things that makes it, that would make it fly. I mean, I'm looking for flaps, I'm looking for Arians, I'm looking for crew compartments, I'm looking for, all kinds of things that the airplanes have that make them fly. This was void of everything that <laughs> has that a normal airplane would have. Uh, I couldn't see no crew part compartments. Uh, the other thing is the metal on it uh, wasn't riveted at all. It was just consistently all the same. Uh, mm -hmm. No seams, nothing like that. And, and uh, so as I, uh, Walked around, and by the way, now all I got was just a feeling of static electricity. I mean, I got pretty good movement. And I, as I walk around, I'm seeing uh, writing or on, on the craft. And it has a big dorsal fin on it, you know, that goes up out of the craft. I think it's on the front cover of that book, I think the craft is. And um, anyway, uh, uh, as I walk around, I see this there's writing on it. I was like, oh, thank God. You know, it's going to say, you know, United States Air Force, it's going to say Nassau, it's going to say Soviet, I don't know, say anything. It, I, was, I, I was feeling pretty good because this looked uh, something that we could create. And uh, as I came back around, I, I didn't see no like numbers or anything like that, like normal aircraft would have on it. There was a uh, 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 glyphs that were uh, etched into the side of the craft. They measured three about three feet. I'm going by my arms again. They measured about three feet uh, long, and then on top of there's five of them, and on top of them there was another bigger one. It was circular with a triangle on that. And this is what's and on the cover of the book, right? That's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly what I've seen, and in, in in that, uh, uh, and that's what I recorded in my notebook, just like that. And uh, so the fabric of this craft is smooth glass like that's what it feels like even though it's metal but when i, I was going by and i touched the you know the glyphs i would you know go ahead and you know touch those and, and it was like going from okay do you get all that yeah you broke up a you little but we got it yeah Okay, and so it was. Uh, it felt like sandpaper. Yes. Uh, so I'm walking around. I feel pretty good now. It looks like I got a lot of time. I'm still alive. It look, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm calling in my security checks. Still no response. Uh, I figure I got all the time in the world till the response force gets there from the base. Uh, so I'm just gonna pretty much uh, do another 360 walk around and. See if I can figure out anything or right. see anything else. And uh, as I went back around the second time, I says, you know, those glyphs, uh, there's something to that. Because the one that got my eye was the triangular one with the. With oh, the, sure. Yeah. And, you know, why is this? Why is this separate? Why is this on top? Why? Yeah, and, why? 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 Well, and the others you know? look kind of like hieroglyphs, while the circular one looks completely different, like something else. Yeah, it seemed more familiar to me. It was a triangle, yeah. you know? It, it felt better. And uh, so I just reached over and I touched it. And when I did that, I mean, it was a bright light. I mean, I can't see nothing but white, pure white light. And uh, in there, I start seeing numbers, or, you know, ones and zeros. And, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? And I started getting my senses. I don't know how long I had my hand on it. I just lifted it mm -hmm. off. And everything completely stopped, back to normal. And I tell you what, I still had my night vision. I mean, this place, really? I mean, night vision takes even, about even 30 after minutes. getting 
Oh, yeah. That, so, wow. Night vision, it took me 35, 40 minutes to regain that. I still had it. So it wasn't light. It was a technology that I didn't understand, right, obviously. Right, um, uh, Have you suffered after this incident, considering what you went through to get up over the areas to get to the craft and, and what you felt, the, the pull with your, within your body, have you suffered any repercussions from any type of uh, radioactive activity towards you, any skin discolorations, malformations, anything that in, within your muscular, your skeletal structure? No, I had a, you know, I had a few health problems right after, after, after the incident, you know, dizziness, stuff like that. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, I don't think I've, I might even got the flu one time in my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't get sick. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I better I say that too much now. I, yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> right. I don't get sick. No, no, no. I had I had all those those inoculations anyway. That for whatever they're yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> you go in, the they black, yeah, the they give you everything. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I, I've had a lot worse. Um, no, I no, I don't. Uh, no, no repercussions at all. Matter of fact, I've been pretty healthy. Uh, the only thing I did do is I went to the Washington. DC with Burroughs for that citizens hearing that hmm. because he was telling me that his he thought that it was that he that the military wasn't taking care of him at the VA. Okay. But, yeah, they do. I mean, you know, he was down in Arizona though. You know about those guys. They've been in the news and they were doing their job. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, there's problems. And so I went there with with him on that and uh, uh, then uh, General Williams, the wing commander, retired. And then um, uh, Colonel Halt, the deputy base commander, retired. They did a couple letters for us uh, mm -hmm. uh, like five, six years ago. And, you know, we got treatment, no problem. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not an issue. Uh, so, but, but there is a you <laughs> You've just. No, I haven't had any physical effects. Yeah. She was asking about physical effects from touching this, but you were getting blasted with all those ones and zeros in your mind, which is really interesting. Yeah, to me. I mean, uh, okay, so I back, so I back off the the craft because I'm starting to see the color going back through the craft, mm -hmm. and I thought, holy shit, what did I do? Activate something by touching it? You know, is it right. going to explode because I I screwed around with it, and um, I didn't know. And so I backed away about 10 feet. I got in the ground, I dug a hole. You know, that's how that's how close to the ground I got because I, I thought something was going to go. And the, the color is moving through it. It starts to emulate bigger white light. It goes ahead and lifts off the uh, forest floor. And get this now. You still got me on the internet? Yeah, yeah, you're good. We got you. Okay. I'm getting a little, I got a little notice there so you couldn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as it's lifted up, as a lifter, keep this in mind. Remember the trees I said were six feet apart outside that uh, mm -hmm. uh, clear zone there? Yeah. Well, it hovered back through the trees. And I'll tell you what, you know it's nine feet you know, wide because I paced that off. So how's it doing that? It goes back through the trees, maybe about 15, 20 feet. And then it, it elevates to the top of the forest uh, treetops. Uh, uh, and then makes a slight right turn and... It's gone in the blink of an eye. Wow. So it appeared to be able to alter its shape based on where it needed to go. It, it maybe it did because I couldn't tell because it was um, the the lighting was so bright I couldn't tell the shape of the craft at that point in time. See, could you notice any movement with the trees that it was going through? It went when it went up. It broke branches and everything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It that actually that. makes more sense to me than it altering its shape. Is it altering the shape of, of what's around? I don't, yeah, um, I don't. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know. It was. It was solid, you know. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, the airman I discounted uh, that was twenty feet to my right uh, was right next to me uh, at that point in time, and he was he was beside himself, and he said he re reacquired it, which is impossible because that force is so thick you can't see through it. Right. Okay. It's just too thick, and we're supposed to have a two-man concept, or not concept, but the two-man uh, and team integrity. And he takes off. He, he takes just went running. Yeah. So his so 
I go with them. Because I'm responsible for him, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to explain, you know, him getting hit by a car or something out there, or right. break a leg. Or... So anyway, I we we go over the first two fences. They hop them right away. Uh, one was barbed wire. I was a lot younger then. I could do that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm still chasing him through the farmer's field. It was still sort of wet in the center. I must have fell down two or three times. I was wet. It was cold. I was exhausted. And at the overpass the uh, farmer houses, he finally stops. And I says, what are you doing? What are you chasing? And he goes, I'm chasing the UFO. I says, how in the hell can you see it? Yeah, it was it? already gone. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, it's over there. And he points in the opposite direction. I said, where? And so I have to look down his arm because I mm -hmm. can't see it. Right. And I see on the, on the, on the, on the horizon is this little light going on and off uh, right uh, it's, it's a lighthouse it's the lighthouse yeah and it's and this is something that's actually caused you guys a lot of headaches is the, is the lighthouse part of it it caused burl's headaches because he wrote it in his statement yeah <laughs> he's a confusion okay so it made it sound like that's all we ever seen we were right. chasing. uh i would i was stationary i know a lighthouse i know what it looked like i know what it looks like with the beams going it's a long ways away anyways tore it out now okay. um I guess they removed it. I don't know. Um, and so we go on back. Uh, he, uh, we both go to CSC. We both reported. Uh, Shook Commander's not crazy about. Uh, oh, yeah. I wanted to say this is important. It's in the book. Sure. Um, I uh, went to Central Security Control. And on the way back on the bus, on the, on the posting bus, I'm writing down, converting my civilian time in the military time um, you know to my notes so the 1569 which is an incident and complaint report that goes on to the blotter mm -hmm. the you know the blotter is a short entry the incident report is right. uh, one or two pages type you know i go into see sergeant coffee i said okay i said i got the times and he hands me the incident and complaint report i says i said you did it for me he goes yeah he says we heard everything on the radio i said you could hear everything i said he goes yes which is really important because at that time, our wing command post, these old reel-to-reel teak, reel-to-reels. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. And they would record all they would record all the emergency channels on the base. And they would do that for 48 to 72 hours at a time. That's the tape that some people say there was videotape. No. That's it was the audio. They had all, yeah, but that's also the tape that was uh, given to General Gabriel two days later. He personally came in for Ramstein, picked it up. And that is probably the smoking gun because okay. that is me panicking, telling everything I, what's going on. Because the 1569, when I read it, had everything correct. Everything. And uh, Sergeant Coffee later has told me that that same day, you know, the men in the suits stuff, you know, they were, right. uh, you know, well, uh, and, and the blotters went missing too, right? No, the blotters were taken. They yeah. were uh, taken by these guys. They were, they were classified secret, which is a low level clearance, but, right. uh, it, uh, it gave them reason to pick it up. Uh, I think it's the same people that, uh, on the Monday morning when I went into OSI building, I knew the OSI agents, um, there's about eight of them. Uh, they had other things they were looking for black marketing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but these other two guys were uh, not from there. And, but one was, had a British accent. The other one had a American accent, obviously uh, OSI at that time uh, overseas at that time didn't work for the air force. They worked for the state department. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was probably someone out of London, you know, the embassy or something. Uh, but they were they were asking questions. They wanted statements. Sure. They told me to. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll drop all that because the book's long. Uh, <laughs> I wrote my statements. I wrote yeah. a fake one for them. I did all this. I did what they told me. Um, anyway, um, so I I'm going home, uh, and you know, Burl says let's go back out there. You know, this is after I dropped the film off at the base photo lab. 
I said, okay, okay. I said, let's make it fast. I said, what the hell? Because I'm traumatized yet. You know? Oh, yeah. And it's been a long <laughs> night. And I'm thinking, you know, this guy's, you know, well, he ain't traumatized. I am. I don't know. I guess, you know. Anyway, I said, okay, we'll do Burrow it. Burrow so seemed like out. he was really overexcited. Yeah, he uh, he was. Um, he was um, he was a hindrance because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how overexcited it was. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I would give anything. It could have been Sergeant McCulley, the security response team leader, with me. You know? Right. I didn't have a more experienced, you know, security guy. Law enforcement, all they do is like do domestics and stuff like that. They act like they're more like police. They're not security. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, I get home. Uh, I go back out there and I get, I do the plaster of Paris things. I do. I went to my landlord and all this stuff. I get this stuff done. I uh, finally make it home. Uh, it's it's late. I I'm trying to go to sleep. I can't sleep during the daytime. I wake up around. I must have slept for about an hour, and I get up around 12:30 at night. That night, and I can't sleep. And I got these ones and zeros, you know, running through my head. I said, "Oh, Jesus, I'm having a nervous breakdown. I can't go to the base hospital. What am I going to tell them? They had a." Uh, uh, experience with a craft of unknown origin, and right. now I'm seeing ones and zeros. Oh my God! What would? There's the career. It's gone. Yeah, you know? yeah. They'll, uh, they'll toss you somewhere and lock away the key, right? Yeah, it's it. Give us your weapons card. Your security clearance is gone. We're gonna do. Uh, we'll start out processing right away. Right. Um, did anyway. you attempt to write it down the binary code? Oh, he did. <laughs> he did. I haven't seen well, the me, book yet. Well, let me tell you what happened is that, uh, well, I made a pot of coffee. I couldn't sleep anyway. What the hell? So I'm sitting at my dining room table. And so I'm now second guessing stuff, you know, traumatized. I, I get my notebook. I pick up, pull it from the dresser and I'm looking at it. And I'm looking at what I wrote. And I know it's that. And I got these ones that are just running through my head. I said, man, you know what? I, I think I can write these damn things down. And so I just flipped to the back of the book, you know, I had, uh, I had the notebook yet because that's papers in my hand. And I started writing, you know, zero, zero, one, 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 zero, zero, one. And when I did that, I felt better. Uh-huh. So, and this is one of the pages so, here, right? This, yeah, this is all in the mind's eye. Yeah. Zero, one, zero, yeah, that's it. Um, and, uh, I write, write down, uh, 16 pages these. And uh, as I get, I mean, halfway through this, there's a, one of the pages, the, my pen, you know how it is, you got a pen that's sitting in a drawer and then all of a sudden it clogs up and doesn't write. I, yeah. I was panicking. I was feeling so good <laughs> from it. I was panicking, looking for another pen. I find another pen and it starts again, like right where I left off. And so I go right to the last page of the 16 pages and I can't see the ones and zeros no more. And I went, I feel, I feel pretty good. Uh, so it was a download it all out. Sort that they did on you. For Pardon? lack of a better way of putting well, it, it was a download. Apparently, there's some type of communication that was accomplished with touching this craft and activating this uh, what appeared to be light, but wasn't. That was uh, the communication. Now, I still can't tell anybody this. It's just not a good career move. <laughs> <laughs> no, at that time, no. <laughs> no, I figured I dodged a bullet because I don't have to go to the hospital now. I don't have to sit there and lose my career over this. Yeah, it's all out of I your feel- head now onto the paper, right? Yeah, matter of fact, even a pot and coffee, I went to bed and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Slept all night. And uh, so we get called in, uh, you know. Um, I did have the notebook. Uh, I didn't, you know, uh, I wasn't going to tell him about it, but. When I got into OSI building, man, those guys are a little rough on me, you know. Right. <laughs> they told me this will go away if I tell them everything. And that's what I want it to go away. Right. And um, so I tell them everything. And, but I don't tell them about the ones and zeros. Uh-huh. Right. And you know what? That's their Achilles heel, too. Uh-huh. Yep. If it wasn't for that notebook, none of this would probably be. In, in that book, none of this would be addressed. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't really have much. Would you even be here at this point? I mean, this is really... Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, this has kind of really been a, a life changer for you. 
Oh, it is that. I'll tell you what, uh, it hasn't come without, uh, it was life changing because, <clears throat> I mean, the PTSD stuff, I mean, all this mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, I still take medication just so I can, uh, you know, deal with it, sleeping. And, and, and as a matter of fact, this time of right now, I'm, I, uh, I, you're seeing me with about two hours sleep last night. I didn't sleep well. So gotcha. it's, uh, yeah, but it goes through spurts. I don't know. I'm not an angry PTSD guy. I just well, all good. I want to do, yeah, all I want to sleep. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I have trouble sleeping. The nightmares get bad. But uh, I'm getting really good at. I had a good uh, doctor, and the medication works pretty good after about ten year trial. Uh, so you know, uh, it's okay. I mean, uh, it's important. Um, this goes back to why talk all about it. Well, I'll tell you right now, writing two books, uh, the first one with Nick Pope, uh, which I didn't write a lot, but I wrote some. Mm -hmm. uh, and then writing this book was probably the biggest therapy thing I've ever done in my life for myself. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, it was great. That's really good. And, and even this right here, even though I dreaded talking to you guys tonight. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's truth. No offense. No until offense. I, I get until it. I get going with it, I mean, I dreaded it. And But it, it's a lot easier. I go. I did a conference uh, in Laughlin in November. Uh, mm -hmm. Man, I, it was, you know, I dreaded it. I got up there, and I just then you couldn't shut me up, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just... I, the people deserve to hear the truth about Reynolds. We've had, right. we've had over three to four decades of nothing but uh, opportunists and entertainers making things up, trying to embellish things. Trying well, they're like taking the fragments it. that they've picked up and are making something else out of it. But now we have now we have your real story right here. Yeah. And what is really the kicker is the part about Jack, Dr. Jack Safari um, from San Francisco. Uh, he's. He's a theoretical physicist. He says the only answer what happened. His theory on there mirrors his research on the Tic Tac. So. I mean, the the meta uh, material for the the fabric, the shell of the craft. Okay. Why it would do a bubble, which I was in the bubble around mm -hmm. the craft because it's got to do with uh, 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 changing the gravity, the perception of what you see. Oh, it just matches identical. And and, now, and Jack told me, he says, Jim, he says, I'm with you. He says, no wonder you never said it was a UFO. No wonder you never said it was alien. He says, because the one thing you always says, it was us, us from the future. And he says, I believe that. He says, I had a, a, a similar experience back in the 50s myself. He says, and all my research is actually toward that. And that this is interdimensional travel, or a Hollywood term can be called time travel. Right. Interdimensional travel. Uh, uh, he's a brilliant guy. He talks about how past, present, and future all is on the same. Uh, it's happening at the same time. Yeah, that's something I talk about a lot here, actually. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I do. That's yeah, I, I call it. I, I call it stack time theory. Everything happening at the same time. Yep. Yeah, past, present, future. Exactly. So everybody has you, like you, a different term, he, like Einstein or space books time. Out. You yeah. Got, yeah, you're what? gonna have to get one of his books. I'll get I mean, one of his he, books. Yeah, and check it out. And probably uh, try to bring say, him on. Well, yeah, try to get him on. He's a he's a really brilliant guy. Uh, uh, he uh, is very nice to me. He talks at my level, which is like dumber, dumber. <laughs> and because you know, like a physicist, I can I don't understand all the stuff he's saying. He, right. So you gotta dumb it down. He does. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, it's, uh, so our research has been going on and on and on. Um, Good. Uh, the binary is the key to it. Uh, now, while you were out there, you did lose like 45 minutes of time. So yeah, that's all that. part of it, right? Yeah, but I realized that when I got back uh, to CSC, my watch is 45 minutes off. To me, everything's instantaneous. Uh, uh, my first thought is because of the static electricity and all the stuff i had electronic mm -hmm. watch and that was sort of high tech at the time electric watch uh battery operated uh maybe it was affected by that or something you know uh okay. or it could have been it could have been something more nefarious i don't know <laughs> it's all kinds of stuff you know, yeah. if you go what if so now what about the um the the 
glyphs that were that were on it the ones that you have on the cover of your book as well do you feel like there is any correlation between the binary code that you downloaded and the presentation of those images uh okay we had uh, several research we have a random forest research team that's been running for 10 years now at least 10 years uh and they include uh professors from the world experts in their own areas uh, most of them are active professors uh that uh, depend on grants and as who want their names mentioned i i can understand that i guess uh but the one in uh, cambridge in england as a matter of fact james fox did a documentary called i know what i saw he actually met with those people i don't have his permission to uh, say the name but it's in that documentary and uh he uh has determined that his theory on it is that these are mathematical the glyphs are okay and that makes sense because our research with the binary which ties into the second part of what you're saying mm -hmm. because we're not reading the book uh, because this binary there's a code within a code and what mm -hmm. it is uh and it touches a little bit in the, in the epilogue of the uh Reynolds enigma book and what it goes in that these locations are seven around the world dealing with the binary uh the, the way they interact and they interact within an inch globally which is pretty mm -hmm. good uh uh, one of the things that has uh, shown that there's a hidden chamber within Giza. We're waiting for that to be discovered. Okay. We're waiting. <laughs> that will be there. I have no doubt. Mm -hmm. And uh, another uh, one it points out is just, it seems like the key one on these, on these uh, binary uh, is probably High Brazil. That's what they call it. It's off oh, of Ireland. Yeah, off the coast yeah. of Ireland. Yep. I think I'm saying it's I think it's High Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. A um, lot of people pronounce it High Brazil, but I've heard it High Brazil as well. So I know what whichever. you're talking about. Yeah. I was just in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They. It's, it's, it's you know you know southwest off of uh, the coast, and there's actually uh, when uh, when I do my briefing, we have a satellite imagery of it. There is actually an island that sits you know 80 feet underneath the sea there, mm -hmm. and it's there. I mean, so yeah. maybe when the seas were a little bit different or. Well, knows? yeah, back during the uh, ice ages when the, uh, yeah, definitely when the seas were lower. So, yeah, it could have been a thriving community there. So it makes sense. So there's a lot more to the book than what, what is just the, the Reynolds Forest incident itself mm -hmm. of December of 1980. Uh, I go into the aftermath because I kept all my journals. I had okay. them for all those years and. Uh, uh, the things that happened, who was involved. I mean, I had, for example, recently, um, 2015, uh, the CIA was still in contact. They wanted to Good. contact. They set up a meeting. It's in the book. Um, I think I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> so yeah, it's, under, it's a it's big under, book. <laughs> it's under the Rockford uh, Collicium. Okay. Uh, so that's where that's at. And it uh, has... Um, They've come out for two days, and one of them was Kit Green. Um, uh, he's been part of the SRI and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And uh, uh, interesting stuff that he said in there, of course, you know, how reliable is it? Uh, well, it starts. It seems to be it's pretty reliable because Jack Safari has backed it up, and they were on the research team together. So everything. I, at first, I thought he might be, uh, you know, just – giving me a, a bunch of you know information to so i would talk or something right but it turns out he was pretty forthright uh hmm. at the time but it was a two-day meeting and uh and the reason i say it was cia he you know he's he a cia analyst himself and he said he's retired and i'm thinking uh i don't know if i know any retired cia people i think they're still working <laughs> so he was with a group uh, of eight people, uh, all uh, medical and scientists. Uh, okay. They worked out of Las Vegas. Uh, it's in the book. Uh, he's, he was sponsored and paid for by Bigelow Industries. It's in the book. Uh, so there's a lot of familiar players with it. <laughs> Interesting. 
Um, yeah, and so, so it's good. yeah, the question. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Well, I have a. We're getting down to the last ten minutes of the show. We do have a couple of questions from the uh, viewers that I did want to get to because we like to throw oh, some great. questions from them as well. Great. great. Um, so from first one, Kenny Orton uh, has Jim wondered why he was left unaffected during this time, so you could observe. Go, going back to why the other the the airmen that were there were basically. It seemed like they were comatose while you were still able to walk around pretty freely. So, According to Kit Green in the Rockford Curlicia meeting, uh, apparently this phenomenon, they have looked at 50 people, mm-hmm. about 50. And the, the farther away you are, the more likely you are to uh, whatever your mental framework is, you might imagine stuff. And that, for example, if you think it's going to be fairies, it's going to be fairies there. Right. If you think it's going to be aliens, it's going to be aliens. I mean, <laughs> so, the, but the closer you get, and finally to this bubble that's around, which I was in, he thinks that was an area that was like a, a no-go area. It was the area where you see it for what it is. Hmm. And that's why he wanted to talk to me back in, uh, you know, four years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, then he wanted to run tests, which I refuse. He wants to do DNA testing. His it, It's in a book, but he says that he is sure that a signature is left inside my brain from being there and being exposed to this. And he wanted to test me. I went, no. Interesting. Yeah, there is a uh, question uh, down here from General All7. Um, were you put under hypnosis at all? The hypnosis I did was in 1994, a year after I got out of service, retired. Uh, and it was because I couldn't sleep. So okay. I went to my, my medical doctor and she's like, I can't help you. And, uh, you know, all I can do is just give you some, you know, medication. Yeah. And she said, but maybe what you need is a psychiatrist. So she referred me to a psychiatrist just through the VA. Sure. And I uh, saw, so I said, yeah, anything so I can sleep. I was down to about an hour and a half a night. I mean, I was a bear. I was just terrible. I couldn't even concentrate. And, uh, anyway, I went there for about six weeks with her, um, and uh, after about six sessions, she says, you know, I'm gonna, I think something happened in your life, uh, trauma. And she says, I'd like to do a regression, hypnosis. I says, okay, <laughs> anything that will make sure. me better. Yeah. And I says, you know, I got, I got really worried. She says, saying, Geez, I hope something wasn't like I was abused as a child or something like that was in there, you know. Right. I didn't know. Who knows? Yeah, you never know and, if it's uh, repressed. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll go through it. And that's after first session. And by the way, the video is her notes that she took. She videoed them at okay. that time. And at the end of the two sessions, she gave me the video. I have all of the Nice. The nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they'd be too. They'd be worried about lawsuits today. They wouldn't do it. I guarantee you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so after the first video, uh, the first session, I mean, I come out of it and I feel great. I want you to know, I felt I've never felt that good. I felt wonderful. Good. And but here's the psychiatrist and her jaws on the table. And she says, "I think we're going to need a second session." I says, "Really?" I said, "I feel pretty good." She says, "Well, we're going to have to talk about Woodbridge." I went, Oh no. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so we did a second one. And that's where a lot of the, uh, I mean, she asked me how I felt about Burroughs, how I right. felt about what the situation. She asked me about that stuff. Right. It's all on tape. So I took that and I put it in the book. And that's what's in the book. Yeah. That's so when I'm out there, that's. <laughs> yeah. Because you were, you're, and I've seen interviews with you in, in Burroughs together before and revisiting the force and stuff like that and you seemed really flustered in the book with them it's like that's a little different impression that i got you know than seeing the interviews so yeah hollywood's nice yeah (laughs) yeah no they do they do a good job in those videos those production companies i really really no i mean you know uh unfortunately uh uh I don't want to sit there and badger him. No, uh, you don't have he to. Uh, he just doesn't remember nothing. Uh, I'll tell you why. I think uh, he see he remembered it 72 hours afterwards because we're in Halt's office. He talks about craft uh, uh, objects just like I did. I mm-hmm. mean, so he knew then. But he's he's got himself involved in this ufology stuff where you have people doing hypnosis that are like ufologists. <laughs> And I looked at the films they did. I never seen the beginning. I never seen the end on the films. Gotcha. They were never. They were always cut off. I went, geez, uh, they could t- they could make him say anything. 
He says he doesn't remember anything. So I told him, I says, you know, do, don't do no research. This is your answers are in your head. You, all you got to do is remember. Yeah, if the memory's there, then yeah. Yeah, so, um, we, so Chuck Halt and I asked him, recommended to him, that he go, this is five years ago, you need to go to the VA, to the mental health, maybe they can help you on it. And, uh, of course, he never did. Right. So, unfortunately, there's a lot of sad things with Reynolds, a lot of sad things with the people involved. Seems like it. Um, something yeah. that, that was also pretty interesting uh, to me about this, uh, we talked about the time displacement, but also um, when you described what seemed to be the landing gear, but it was just really beams of light, but yet they made impressions on the forest floor. And I haven't, again, I haven't gotten far enough into there yet, uh, but you ended up making casts of this. But that was really interesting to me that light could make such an impression into, you know, the ground like that. I, I agree. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's even stranger to see. Uh, I mean, you can see the beams of light coming down and then you can see, a, you know, an inch and a half impressions, you mm -hmm. know, pie plate in the size. You go, okay, that's must be from the light. You know, or Is anybody... Go ahead, Vanessa. Did the temperature appear to change uh, around the craft? Because it's December in England. It's yeah. not warm. No, so. I tell you what, it was. It's that bone chilling, thirty three degrees. You know, uh, sort mm -hmm. of. You know, you got a little freezing fog going on and stuff. You know, it's that kind of stuff. And but the craft was warm to the touch. I would guess it was like 50, 55 degrees. But you know, the next morning when the the, the base sent out uh, the team and and Sergeant Nevels, which is addressed in the book, he does the investigation on the first night, my night, and he does radiation sampling. It's like a uh, hundred times higher. I think in the wow. book he says ten times. Um, that's why it was warm. He took pictures and developed them himself. Uh, he also he has a hobby of his. None of his turned out either. Wow. Uh, he says the radiation of beta levels were very high, which uh, would cause for the warmth and that of the uh, object. And so it, what I was touching wasn't warmth, it was radiation. I mean, it was warm. Mm -hmm. So, but I still have my hands. I still got my skin. There you go. That's why I'm fascinated by your lack of, of physical controversy in regards to being in such close proximity to this. I, I'm, I'm a little shocked. I'm not going to lie to you leads me to believe that there's a possibility that if they had scouted out the location, they knew who would respond. You see where I'm going with that? There's yeah. You know, well, we, you know uh, it, it's not a research... bad idea, actually, if, if you're thinking or some of the people that you're working with are thinking that this is us from the future, you know, is it possible? Well, I'll tell you what, maybe that book survives. <laughs> maybe i don't know who knows you know um all i know is that uh it everything has seemed like it was a coincidence i mean, everything was involved with reynolds even writing in the book and different things in different parts of our research i always thought it was a coincidence or this mm -hmm. by chance uh you know somewhere around you know the 40th or 50th thing happened with it that was a coincidence uh i, I told my co-author gary i says gary uh, this is by design yes you know? yeah. uh we we think it's by design uh, when we think something critical gets out and it has mm -hmm. stuff that, that we didn't want out yet i says we're not going to worry about it because it's, no one's going to realize what they got and it's they just overlook it it's like it's okay um Anytime uh, we have a dilemma that comes up, it gets fixed. You say it's by design. Good. I mean, or else we're just really, really lucky people. Who better <laughs> contact you than the you from your future to put you on the path that the future you felt the present you needed to be on? Yeah. And uh, one of the things, you know, I had all those impressions you know, with, with at Roland Craft, and those are feelings, and some of them were actually the uh, the binary message that it was decoded. I didn't know at the time until 30 years later, and that was found by accident, uh, 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 overlooking my shoulder on a film shoot in Phoenix. Uh, Linda Moton, Holland, John Burroughs said, what's that? And I went, oh, I'm going to talk about my metal breakdown. Oh, no, I guess so 30 years later. Right. I said, well, these are the ones and zeros I wrote down. And they were, that's not ones and zeros. Those are binary. Mm 
So that's really? how you figured it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, yeah, well, you didn't, well, I mean, it, you wouldn't. I mean, you were you're an SP. That's <laughs> you're not going to know binary code <laughs> being security. So. No, uh, no, no. I mean, you you know, it's just something we weren't trained for. And besides, right. the culture, the time, tech, the technology. I mean, we didn't have. Right. I mean, there probably was computers in the world yeah, the, in 1980, but we didn't yeah, the have any. PC was you know? just coming out. I mean, what is the the Apple IIe was just out at that time. So yeah, it was. Yeah, not, and then why why would it yeah. be GPS coordinates that was from, uh, uh, back then? And by the way, when the when the when the GPS coordinates on the uh, uh, binary was done, mm-hmm. Gary only had a window of opportunity of like a year and a half to decipher that. Oh, wow. The code within code. Okay. Yeah, guess what? That Google changed uh, all their settings. They kept... Ah, okay. Ah. So, um, Well, I yeah, do have so, a screenshot of at least one of the translations that was that was aired. So this is... this. These are the coordinates, right? They sure are. Okay. There we go. Wow. All right. Well, Jim, yeah, I hate the, to do uh, this. We're actually at the end of our show. <laughs> you know, you know what? And I, I, and I really, I left so much stuff out. There's just so well, much stuff to talk about. We could about. go a couple more minutes. What else do you want to get out real quick? I want, what I want is I want people to go ahead and obtain a copy of the book. Well, yeah, for sure. Then I want them to contact me if they still have questions. By the way, no one has contacted me with questions yet. They've just been. Um, oh no! I had a guy today ask me questions. Uh, he does a blog, okay. and I says, "Well, watch the show tonight." I said, "I'm probably going to answer it." He had some good questions, though. You know, uh, he asked me, uh, you know, some of the disinformation and stuff. You know, like, yeah, do you see people disappear? Went, no, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, uh, no, uh, you know, things like that. I was like, you know, there's so much. I, there's so much information. Here's what I'm not. The book doesn't try to, to convince you of anything. I don't want to do that because I don't really believe in ufology stuff anyway. Uh, it, but it happened to me. Okay. Right. right. Uh, what I, what the book is for is to present the facts, and you see the end notes. Those are all factual. They're witness testimony. They're they're uh, evidence. And what we want you to do is we want you to read it and make up your own mind. You guys are brilliant people you're human beings you can make up your own mind and stuff and your own decisions on it and at least we can prevent provide you the uh, facts as was documented and as i recall and as i remember and uh the stuff that's been backed up by other witnesses uh so uh, and what you really have here by the way is a mass sighting in case you don't know it. okay Okay. Yeah. Um, so we did include down in the description of the uh, of our live stream the link to Jim's book, so you can get it there. And actually, Quarantine Ghost has also put it into the chat. So thank you for our moderator, Quarantine Ghost. Which she was also asking if you're doing once the quarantine is over, if you're going to be doing any live speaking engagements. Yeah, I've had a couple requests. Uh, um, uh, I'll do. I tell you, we're fortunate in Illinois. I end up doing several. I'll do okay. a couple MUFA ones. I use the one down at Starve Rock. I go down there because I know the director. Uh, but I do have some national ones. I got one in uh, offered to go down to that was canceled to Brazil. I got one for Las Vegas, not Las Vegas, uh, Phoenix to do. And uh, oh, I and I canceled. I got contacted in the desert. I was going to do that in oh, May. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, there's going to be opportunity for that. Good. Um, uh, what I like about it is, uh, is I try to do the events that they allow Q and a, yeah, open it up for questions. I, I prefer that stuff it's as all well. About, <laughs> it's all about Q and a yeah. for me, cause I gotta get something out of this too. And, and who knows? I do run into people that have similar things that I have made public Yeah, and they have it in their side. You know, wait, I want to talk to you afterwards. I, you know, and I always find what they have happened to is an enigma as well. So, uh, and they think I have the answer to, I don't know. 
<laughs> no, I don't have the answers. I say, every time we get an answer, we got a hundred more questions. You get a lot more questions, crazy. but I'd like to think that all of us working together, having all these different shared experiences that we could perhaps start coming to some answers together like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's why we were realizing that the, the consciousness, uh, communication of this consciousness and, mm-hmm. and uh, also the stuff with the metaphiles or metal, not metaphiles, but meta uh, materials and stuff. And uh, the recent stuff with Tic Tacs and all this stuff is tied together, by the way. And um, oh, one of the other interesting things, and I really don't want to bust anybody's bubble on the book, I'll be honest. One of the impressions that I did get at the end that I say in the hypnosis is even in the future, they're still waiting for first contact. So interesting. Okay. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, I know. And I, I usually watch people's face at an audience just, oh, no. I just, <laughs> they're so I, disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess they think that they, they know what a human being is going to look like uh, 10,000 years from now. Right. <laughs> or maybe maybe they're androids or maybe they're robots. Maybe. Who knows? You know, who knows? Okay. Well, Jim, I really do appreciate you coming out. And, um, you know, we'd love to have you back talk some more because, I mean, we just really scratched the surface of what's going on in the Rendlesham Enigma. So I do encourage everybody go, to get Yeah, the you go ahead and read it and uh, we'll do another show. Okay. Sure. Sounds like a great idea. So where can everybody, uh, one last time, where can everybody find you and find the book? Uh, they can find it at Amazon.com, Reynolds from Enigma. Uh, also, we have a web page that uh, our webmaster, Darren Dubois, does. Uh, it's the Reynolds from Forest Incident.com. And that is like a <laughs> nothing but information, okay? You want to find out about uh, raw information, go to that website. It's, he's done a wonderful job uh, with that over the last 10 years. So he's part of cool. the research team, by the way. So fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. Absolutely oh, appreciate you. it. You thank have a you. good night. It's been fun. Thanks. Absolutely. Take care. <laughs>